Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Tonight, we move on to another subject that is of utmost importance in your quest for career success and longevity. Effective communication is our focus for tonight. And we say from the barber to the parliamentarian to the president to the engineer, everyone needs to communicate. How critical is it? What are the trends today? Are we getting better or are we getting worse? Tonight I have the the gurus, the ones who teach us on the continent about communication in the studio. Professor Audrey Gajipo is the Dean of the School of Information and Communication Studies at the University of Ghana. Prof, tonight we are in lectures. You are our guest faculty at the virtual university. The virtual university is greater than the British and Water University. I hope you know that. I absolutely agree. Reaches more people. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing world. Yes. Somebody said yesterday that it's the only university that you, you, you matriculate at 7 o'clock and you graduate at 8. There you go. Every week, free. <laughs> Simple. You yes. don't make life complicated at all. Alright, my other guest, distinguished guest, Kweku Sechado, partner at Activate Africa, board chairman of NCA and the executive producer and presenter of the lounge. Kweku, good, good evening. Thanks for coming. Thank you very much. Good evening. It's good to see you both on the show. And happy Father's Day. Thank you so much at the same and time. happy Father's Day to all single mothers. I agree. And, Absolutely. And happy Father's Day to the two wonderful fathers in this room. I know how close you are to your children. You're great role models, and I hope a lot of fathers are aspiring to be like you, especially the young ones in the studio. Matthew, are you married? <coughs> you have to be a father. Emulate them. They're great. Thank you. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Thank you so much. So the subject is effective communication. Even this one alone is a good intro to communication. So let's find out. Let me start with you, Kaku. Relevance. How critical is communication to career success. I mean, everyone says, listen, whoever you are and whatever you do, you need to communicate. How big an issue is this and how critical is verbal and non-verbal communication? All right. So first of all, um, uh, thank you very much for, for inviting me. Um, it's, an, it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Um, first, I think we must define what communication is and for me, it's simple. It's just, it's getting your message across. Getting your message across. Meaning, making yourself understood. Making yourself understood. It's not about, it's not writing, it's not talking, it's not sign language, it's not billboards and expensive audiovisuals and print ads. It's making yourself understood. So there's a message you want to put across. Um, But putting across means the other person or other people or the intended target of the message must understand it. So that's that's getting your message across, I think, is the, the, the simplest way I can define communication. Um, how critical is communication? It's everything. Without communication, you have nothing but chaos. Yeah. Um, 
There's chaos without communication. Um, in a corporate environment, for example, your vision or your, or your mission, your objectives, your goals for a particular period, um, how to achieve them may exist in the leader's head, but no one else would know about them unless it's communicated. More importantly, you cannot achieve them unless it's communicated. Um, you won't get any feedback unless there's communication. So without communication, there's void, darkness. Nothing happens without communication. So three words, void, darkness, chaos. Almost sounds like Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. <laughs> It's, it's very dramatic, isn't it? Yeah, about I mean, that. I'm back in school, and, and it's evident. Audrey, let me come to you and, and, and pick up from where Kweku left off. I mean, he talks about the fact that it's about getting yourself understood. Does it almost lie on the speaker or on the listener to understand what is being communicated? I think it's on both persons. And both persons, if it's if communication between two persons, then it all between one person in a group, then both have a role to play in because communication is interactive, okay? And uh, we have to bear in mind a couple of things mm -hmm. that, one, you cannot not communicate. It's not possible. Communication is the fulcrum of, of, of human existence. So we cannot not communicate. Even if you, you are not speaking, you are communicating something. If I talk to you and you don't mind me, you are communicating to me something that I don't want to talk to you, okay? So that we are always constantly communicating. That, and that's why it's important to pay attention not only to what you say, the verbal, or what you write, but the nonverbal is also important, you know, and how you say it is also important. All of that is, is, is important. And... I also wanted, before I, I come back to answer your question, to add a couple of nice quotes about communication right. that wise people have said, particularly for people who are in business, that if you have a great mind and great thoughts, but you are not able to express them, it's very hard to be successful. And one of my favorites is from Lee Ayakoka, who is this American... Um, a, a business executive, the, 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 the car person. Chrysler. Chrysler, and before that, Ford Motors. And, and he says that if you, you can have brilliant ideas, but if you can't get them across, your ideas won't get you anywhere. You're going nowhere. And that sort of adds to um, what um, Kweku says. But the, the problem is that most of the time, we think we're communicating, but we're not communicating. So perhaps a good question to ask is, how, what is effective communication? You know, so it's not enough for you to communicate. You have to communicate effectively, you know. And um, I have a few statistics here about how important communication is. Do you want to hear? Absolutely. Okay. They say that 75% of our time of our day is spent communicating in some way. And that at least 70% of our time is spent on listening to others communicate. Mm -hmm. 
So you see, it's not just us communicating, but listening to others. That's why it's always a two-way stream. And, and that we do more speaking and listening than other communication activities, and that only 17% of communication time is on reading and 14% on writing. So really, when we're communicating, we're speaking and we're listening. So we have to keep that in mind when we're thinking about how effectively we, we communicate. Yeah. And it's also the most useful skill in almost every job. Mm. And in fact, um, they, they, again, statistics claim, and these are statistics. <laughs> I don't know how they measure it, but they say that people with good communication skills, it can affect the bottom line. So, you know, you can earn as much as 47% more if you have good communication skills. You have all the other skill sets for the job, but you are a better communicator than um, some other person that you work with. You could earn higher. So... I'm sure that for everyone listening out there, if you didn't hear anything, that last statistic is very, very serious. That anyone who is a great communicator can potentially earn 47% more. And that applies to any field of, of, of expression as far as your career is concerned. The lawyer who speaks better or who communicates better can potentially earn 47% more than the one who doesn't. Same applies to the engineer, the dentist, whatever. I can imagine that it's very serious information for anyone who thinks you are a bad communicator you're listening tonight you're saying wow that explains why the results have been so bad in the past five years <laughs> let's break it down so for anyone listening out there you've part- partially spoken to something that is of great concern to me so the person listening out there who says if you say communication is important what are the key things that are important in communicating for the person listening out there who says listen i'm an insurance executive i'm a ceo i wish i could speak like these two but listening tonight i would like to know where to begin from what are the basics the foundations of good communication what would you say to such such a person so i'll say i I would like to uh, link back to where i started from about getting your message across right uh, and making yourself understood um it's not enough to make yourself understood. You are that insurance salesperson, um, that um, uh, motor car dealership, or a leader of, of, uh, of an NGO or whatever. Uh, it's not enough. Effective communication also looks for, um, it seeks a response. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It leads or it ought to lead to an action. So, so if you're an insurance salesperson, when your message, when, when you've made yourself understood, um, you expect a certain response from the, from the audience, from the target of your communication. So the action may lead to A, the desired action, or B, it may lead to feedback that may even contradict the desired action right um for example uh, your staff or team may provide a better alternative after you've made yourself understood after you've 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 sent your message across because they've understood um they may in fact offer 
a better solution a better solution right. to the problem that you're seeking to to address so in that case you've communicated well even though your point was not accepted as the best solution. exactly so the desired um, uh, outcome or or result you're looking for may not necessarily you may not necessarily get that but your desired uh, response uh, may be replaced by a more desirable Ball. Response. Response. Right. So, so desired and desirable are different. Desired and desirable. Yes. Right. What you what you want may be what you desire. But in fact, in the end, if your team comes up with a better solution, that mm-hmm. is a more desirable which is a more desire what is a more desirable solution that makes things work better for your customers or for the organization that's a lot more desirable than what you desired in the first place there is something that is more desirable to me this evening that is to find out so you're sp- you're speaking right now audrey and i'm writing frantically i'm writing i'm tra- i'm literally capturing everything you're seeing for you does it give you feedback that I'm taking you seriously. Is it one of the measures? How do you tell that uh-huh. your message is getting across? Is it the way I nod my head? It's all of is the it, above. Is it the way I write? How I'm do you not know sure that people what are you're right? All right. <laughs> That's been the case. That's been an instance where <laughs> finally you went to what to see what the person was writing. They were drawing cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. It is. It is how much I I interpret your communication. You see. Right. That when I look at you, what I'm reading is that, you know, Albert is listening to me and then he's taking notes, which means that he really thinks what I said was important. Right. He's nodding his head, so he's affirming me. Right. But if then all of a sudden I, you ask me a question and I look at you and... Okay, so you look kind of blank, then I know right. he doesn't get it. What is she trying to do, right? right? And which means that then I have to to adapt my message based on your feedback, you know, and give you perhaps an answer that may be more suitable because I've read, and that's what we all do actually, uh, when we're communicating, we are constantly role-taking, we're putting ourselves in the person's shoes and and we're uh, we're getting feedback from the person and we're adapting our message so that there's more what fidelity between, you know, um, what you're saying and what the answer I'm giving you. Right. So let's take ourselves into the boardroom or let's take ourselves into the corporate setting. Let's look at two sides. Typically, you will talk about between, let's see, the boss and the staff, for lack of a better example, or let's see for the manager and the team. So let's look at the the results of having a bad communicator on each side and how it plays out. So let's start with having a boss or a manager who's a bad communicator. You want to get something done, but you're not getting it across the right way. What is likely to happen? And then we'll look at what happens when the boss is communicating well, but the persons who are supposed to also be working with you are not bringing back good communication or are not communicating well. What happens? Let's start with a, a bad communicator as a boss. What's likely to happen in the workplace? You know, I was smiling because when you started talking, I remembered this joke that I like to use when I'm doing presentations, and it's about a memo. The memo of the CEO... To, and down the chain, right. you know, and depending on how the people feel about you, the message changes, how their hearing changes. So perhaps we should also think that the boss may or may not be a bad communicator, but we need to keep in mind also that communication is relational. 
So depending on how I feel about you, I am going to respond to your communication. So you could be a good communicator, but you, the boss, you annoy me. And therefore, I choose to interpret your message in a way based on how I feel about you, past experiences, whether to trust the communication or not. So all of those dimensions come to play. Are those what you call the interferences? Well, part of it, the right. noise. Okay, right. so maybe, noise. and, and there, there, there are about maybe four different kinds of noise that uh, you can identify in communication. Right. And the, this particular one is the psychological noise, right? right? Uh, um, but then there's also physical noise. If there was a car passing by, it will... Or an airplane flying uh, away. You know, it will affect. Right. Then there's also the physiological noise ha- having to do with the physical. So if I were stuttering, for example, that will affect the communication. If I had a hearing impairment, it would affect the communication. And then the last one is the semantic noise. All of the mistakes and, you know, we introduce sometimes when we're writing you misspell or we mispronounce if it's verbal communication. Those are all noise that can affect the effectiveness of of the communication and therefore how the receiver is receiving the communication and acting on it. So there is the physiological, there's there is the, the psychological, psychological, there is, there is the, the semantic, and there's and the physical. The, and the phys, yeah. Physical. So there's psychological, semantic, physiological, semantic, physical. Yes. Right. 25 minutes past the hour of 7 o'clock. If you didn't get a chance to go to do your master's in communication and you're listening to Springboard, your virtual university. I'm going to give you a mobile money account that you can send your school fees to because at least you'll be getting some critical information that you can call some form of communication training. My guest for tonight, Kwaku Sechiado and Audrey Gadget will help us to understand how critical communication is to career success in any form or shape, in any venture that you find yourself in. Audrey is speaking to the, the what, what happens when the boss is not a good communicator. She's broadened the scope and said, listen, it's not even about whether the person is a good communicator or not. Sometimes some noises and some distractions, some issues, put a spin on the whole communication. And so by the time it's over, depending on the person's mood, depending on the circumstances, what you hear will be very different from what was intended. But let me come back to still to the same issue and talk about how painful or difficult you've, you've managed entities, uh, big time entities where one mistake could cost millions as a result of how huge the entity is. What happens when you have staff who don't communicate well? They don't give feedback or they forget to say what did you say, when did you say it, or they don't discern the right audience, they don't make presentations well when you send them out there. What happens when staff? don't communicate well and how does it impact on their promotions or your ability to recommend them for other responsibilities let's talk well i mean if you are uh, if you have a team member who who doesn't communicate well doesn't communicate properly um uh, you know it creates it creates a problem it creates confusion you it, it distorts uh the status of things for example uh, you send a salesperson out who is supposed to do a report periodically, whether it's weekly or daily or monthly, and there's a 
badly written report. It does not contain the key elements that is necessary for decision making. Um, yeah, it's going to affect the organization. You're not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to achieve his or her targets. The organization is not going to be, achieve, be able to, it's going to affect the organization's uh, uh, targets as well. Um, so, as Audrey said uh, earlier, uh, communication is fundamental. Um, and um, a, a leader, you know, I'll take it to a more strategic level. You know, when Audrey, I think your question was about, your initial question A leader was about, about communicating. Yes, leader, yeah. And then also um, members of a team that are not communicating properly. Um, I, I think that as a leader, um, you have to establish certain fundamentals, certain fundamental pillars for communication. Um, there are certain keys that you must bring to the table. Um, openness, transparency. You must create the environment that, that allows, that enables team members to express themselves, to say what they think, what they feel about, you know, about programs, about the goals and objectives of the, of the organization. You have to have an open, an environment that, that facilitates, that enhances transparency and openness in communication, both among peers and also from top to bottom and bottom to the top. It's, it's really important because when you establish that, then you establish the building blocks that will uh, minimize the kind of um, is it dissonance, mm-hmm. the noises, those that can be avoided. Um, you know, especially you know, Audrey, talk, Audrey talks about yeah, if you're a leader, that that is annoying, and you know, basically you show up and people clump clump up. They, they won't speak. Yeah? I've worked in... Uh, there are some organizations, I'll, let me put it this way, there are some organizations where um, you've got the, you know, a, a new a strategy or you're at a workshop, an internal event, and there's some new, some innovations or some new ideas that um, the leadership want to introduce. And there's a workshop to discuss it. And nobody talks. Talks. Everybody just sits there. Um, except during the coffee break. And if you're a leader and you, you get that kind of response, and as Audrey said, even if the other person isn't saying anything, that's communication too. Listening is communication. Not listening is communication. Yeah. So if you have that kind of situation, you know, you ought to know, okay, they are telling me something. Yeah? And, and in this instance, what, what are they saying? They are telling you in, in our cultural context, yeah? And, and, in, and, and depending on the culture of the organization, if it's an organization where people don't tend to talk, yeah, don't tend to express themselves openly, except when they're alone with the leader, 
And if they are not talking, then they are telling you that they don't like this. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And if you stand back or sit back and watch them during the coffee break, you will see they have a lot to say. See, right. <laughs> It's true. Let, let me add to his example. One time we were doing a focus group discussion, and, and we know that for focus groups, it's very important if you want to get your people to talk and give you the real answers to constitute the group dynamics very carefully, small group to begin with, and as much as possible, they should have something in common. And so usually you don't mix the males with the females if you really want to get... Okay, so we got up north and we were running out of time. It was late and we had interpreter issues, so we couldn't constitute two groups. And we had a group with males and females, and the women just were not talking. It was only the men. The one woman started to talk, and afterwards she stopped talking. And later on, we found out that, of course, when they're with the men, they can't talk. And the one woman who was talking, she was going to catch hell when she got home, you see. So just to add to Kwekus, sometimes the communication is because people are mm-hmm. afraid to talk for cultural reasons. Um, and, and, and sometimes we defer to to well, because you are, you you are taught when you were a child actually uh, that you know you really should keep your head down and and not be the one you know all, always talking and um, particularly when you're before authority you know you shouldn't and so people are very hesitant even though they have a lot so the challenge becomes how do I get information out of people right talking about getting information let's move on to trends trends how has the media, how have um, different media forms, technology, culture, education influenced behavioral patterns and how people communicate? I mean, when you talk about focus group, I was thinking really, WhatsApp would give you the information easily compared to gathering people around a, a table and giving them coffee. How the evolution of technology, social media, how has it changed the way we communicate and what, what are the implications for a corporate setting? Let me come to you, Audrey, on this one. Okay, well, because I'm a lecturer, I cannot resist saying that technology has always been at the heart of how we communicate en masse. Think about it. If Gutenberg had not invented the, the movable type, you know, we wouldn't have newspapers and start to exchange ideas in the way we had. If somebody hadn't come out with telegraph communication, we'd be using horse-drawn carriages or radio waves, you know, and then the cathode ray tube for television and all of that. So technology is really key for communication. And so for me, in this era in which we are with social media, it's only another technological development that enhances... Even talking drums, uh, it's technology as well, uh, yes. isn't it? Uh, uh, Smoke signals. Yes, you know, so, so really... Um, it's it's so so has social media changed the way we communicate yes and no one of the obvious ones is in the name social isn't it so we are making new friends using this technology called social media and whatsapp we are discovering old friends via social media so all of a sudden people who you were in primary school with reconnect 
with you. In fact, now I'm great at remembering people's birthdays thanks to social media, you know. And so social media is enabling us to engage in ways. And also importantly, we are both consumers as well as creators with social media as opposed to, let's say, radio or television where there are the professionals who are the creators and we consume. They they communicate with us. Now we are both consumers and creators of media messages all of the time. So that's very exciting. Um, there are some upsides and downsides, if you like, we can talk about let it. Me, let me let me come in on this one, the upsides and the downsides, but mm. I want to speak particularly to the implications for corporate work, corporate communication. I mean, I, I sometimes get to look at what people write, listen to what people say, and some forms of communication are acceptable in, in some spaces, but yeah. when people transport that kind of communication, I can show you some messages I received today from people who should not send me a message sure. with that kind of language, but it's become so much a part of them sure. that they are unable to discern which audience to send that kind of communication to and which audience not to send it to. Has, has it now begun to affect even the way we do formal communication? So, um, first of all, I think social media, and I, and I think we all understand what we're referring to when we say social media, which is the more, the more recent um, forms of uh, 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 electronic communication or communication that's facilitated by, um, by modern technology or electronics. Yeah? And, uh, and, and enabled by mobile telephony. Particularly, yeah, which has contracted time and space. Right. So, um, Audrey's right. Nothing's really changed except that we can communicate with a lot more people a lot more quickly. Yeah. So I see, for example, right now we've got a camera here, and I'm looking, and I'm, and I'm sure there are hundreds of thousands of people looking at me at this minute. Um, and the camera that's doing this is not a $2 million camera, but it's just a mobile phone that is streaming live where, wherever anyone who wishes to watch this uh, uh, is. Right? And Kuku, can I add something to yes. that? It's not only streaming live, but the person doing the streaming is not a professional. Absolutely. Thank you very much. <laughs> and enjoying it. <laughs> yes. And, and, and you can also receive feedback right. instantaneously, in real time. So this is magic and it's great. Um, however, um, and, and of course, this, this, these channels, um, WhatsApp, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, and all of these channels and platforms can and indeed should be used by uh, corporate organizations, indeed any organization, to, uh, to reach people um, because it's also cost-effective and it's, it's flexible, it's, it's malleable, you know, it's, it, it's fun also to use. But the, I think there's a line that there's some calibration that is, that is, that is important. Um, there's a certain informality 
that social media facilitates, you know, makes possible that for certain communications in certain organizations may not be acceptable. Mm -hmm. And I think it is important that organizations also establish the boundaries. Yeah, they make clear the boundaries for their employees and team members. Um, how they use social media for corporate communication. A. But also B. How employees themselves use social media. You know, they are they they are people who um, who have accounts out there uh, engaging in all kinds of um, banter with on on various subjects with people. The tone of their communication. The language they use, the aggressiveness that sometimes you find on social media because of the anonymity that they enjoy. And if this person is associated with the organization, it it can um, harm, can have an effect on the organization. Let me let me add another 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 dimension before I, I throw it. I can see Audrey just waiting to bring her bring a point in on this one. While you talk about the fact that a person's personal social media account can have a negative impact on an organization, let me just add a bit more to it, just so Audrey can speak to it concurrently. I mean, I listened to the boss of an organization give a brief remark. This was an organization that I had great respect for purely because of I had seen their communication all around town. You mentioned billboards. And so I was curious about the organization until I saw the CEO give a very brief remark about a minute at a function and the number of grammatical errors and the kind of communication. It left such a bad taste <laughs> that after that, whenever I saw the billboard, I remembered the grammar. And so, Audrey, take us to the point, the heart of how communication, either in social media or in the public space of one individual, can negatively impact a whole organization. Help us to understand it. Okay, it's it's, it's very true because, um, you know, social media, as Kweku said, can give you a false sense. It, it, it feels like an informal space, so that even though you are in a formal space, you may forget yourself. I've had students write essays and they've used you for Y O U. I flipped the first time I saw that. I'm like, how possible? Yeah, you know, <laughs> in an essay, you know, this is text messaging, you know. And I think that I don't know whether that was a problem with your pastor, but we uh, people have learned how to use these text right. message language and they don't make that demarcation. Right. And, and so it can. But credibility in communication is everything. You see how you reacted to communication noise? It, it affected the credibility of, of the person because, you know, what you communicate says a lot about you. But social media examples affecting people's fortunes about people tweeting because they think they are in an informal space and it affecting their job. 
Last week, Harvard University decided to revoke um, the the um, they had admissions of some of their students because they were on a social media platform which they thought were, was private, had nothing to do with Harvard, but the kind of communication that was going on was unsavory, was seen as unsavory. It told them volumes about those students because of the unacceptable, um, discriminatory um, things that they were discussing and downright disrespectful and racial and all of that, you know. So it's it's that can affect the credibility of that person. And so are, are we have a place yet in a place like Ghana. Oh yes. Well, I don't. I think it could be. And the reason I'm saying that, and I I haven't studied it, so I don't know, is is because increasingly companies, aside from you interviewing, will go and onto your social media. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and and check you out and see the kind of person you are. And you cannot blame them. And the reason you cannot blame them is that we want to employ, we have a certain profile of who we want to employ in mind. Is that person credible? Is that person uh, capable? Does that person say, as they said in the interview, that they respect people, they believe in A, B, C, D? And the social media page can do that for you. So we have to be very, very careful about the kind of communication in this these spaces because employers must if our any employer must go and look at what's happening in order to to do that then there's also the reputation of the company because people cannot make a distinction and say once you are in cyberspace say oh this one he was communicating because you know it's in his private element versus his workspace. You understand? It's sometimes it's very difficult to make that uh, distinction. You know, so even in your private space, you are affecting the reputation of your organization. And that's why people take um, um, that very seriously and it can affect you. Nine minutes to the hour of eight o'clock and my guests in the studio, Kweku Sejiado and Audrey Gajikfu, we are trying to unpack the subject of communication. And along the line, we found ourselves in the social media space and spoke about its impact on the organization, how it is seemingly informal, but also very formal in nature. Then we went on to how it influences language and how sometimes people are not able to make the distinction between the kind of language suitable for social media and that which we use for formal communication. Audrey talked about being mortified by people who write you instead of you as a letter instead of you as um, Y-O-U. Let me conclude this discussion by asking us to hammer on some other commonly made mistakes and then also our recommendations for people who are listening tonight. I'm sure it's not just the writing the you and what are some other mistakes that people that you've hired, people that you've lectured, people you've interacted with, some other mistakes that you say, listen, if I had to share just two, these are the ones that I think are very crucial. People should just not make this kind of mistake. I, I, I can't handle people who write reports that are fraught with errors. And by the time you correct it the fourth time, you're telling yourself, you know, if I had written this myself, 
I would have finished long ago with less stress. I can handle the written part that is so poor. Which one is the one that is killing you? Kweku. Um, okay. So, you know, PowerPoint right. is... Uh, um, everybody knows what PowerPoint is, what PowerPoint is, and it's supposed to... I suppose PowerPoint means... PowerPoint. Uh, point. Uh, yeah, making your point powerfully. Yeah, and and simply and effectively. One of the things that I find distressing is when um, PowerPoint or what is supposed to be PowerPoint is projected and it's an essay. Right. And the presenter reads, reads, you know, the, the script to you. That's not what, you know, that's not effective communication. And and we're completely missing the purpose uh, of, of PowerPoint. The other thing is, um, I'm a firm believer in um, communicating simply because it's effective. Yeah, it's effective. Um, short of, you know, writing for academic purposes. I think communicating to a mass audience is most effective when it's simple and short. Uh, you know, simple and short is sweet. It's kiss. Keep it simple. Keep it simple and, and short. sweet. When I worked in Ghana News Agency, we had that in the uh, on the wall in the newsroom. Right. Keep it short and simple, simple and, right. and sweet and short. Um, so whether you're a columnist or you're writing a report, whatever it is, remember you communicate, you want to be understood. You want to get your message across. If you've gotten it across, stop. Right. Okay? Stop carrying on. It's not about you. It's about both of you. Yeah? So for me, those are the two uh, key things, complete abuse of, of the PowerPoint. And, you know, when you incorporate, yeah, there's an, <clears throat> you get, you get overfed with PowerPoint. Right. It's like, oh God, not another presentation. Right. You don't want that kind of reaction when, when you present, mean, you, when you project your presentation. Okay, your two. I agree. Acronyms. <laughs> you know, we need to cut down on the acronyms and we need to tell people what we mean because, you know, people can interpret acronyms differently. So you're, you re read something and it's an acronym and you're wondering, what does this stand so for? So, for instance, if somebody says the KISS principle and doesn't explain and it and, and they move explain, on. explain, you know, right. well, you know, so many acronyms that we, we like to, to um, use. Then punctuation. We've forgotten the rules of punctuation. We don't care about punctuation anymore. They are signposts. They tell us, you know, pause. pause or stop. But we forget, you know, people misuse uh, commas. And, you know, you can, you, you can change the position of a comma and it will change the, the meaning, meaning of the sentence. So, you know, we really need to pay attention to punctuation. And I think these days we've forgotten. And so we end up, like quickly saying, we ramble on. Sometimes your sentences are very long. But we've got to be sure that 
if we want to communicate effectively, we keep it. And the last point is jargons, big language. You know, we like big language, you know, and um, more words. So my last point on this is what I've banned in my classrooms. Nobody should say he made mention of the fact that <laughs> because you should just say said one word. Simplicity. And uh, Mikhail Anderson is writing. <laughs> well, I can tell you what. It's been a wonderful time listening and learning from the two of you. And I'm sure there's so much more that we can learn. I believe that I would like to just take half a minute to tell you my key highlights. There's so many things I've learned, but one thing that I would love very much to to speak to is the statistics that you give us. 47%. That's the one that I'll go home thinking about. If you're a bad communicator, you could probably be losing 47% of your potential income, and that is deep. Think on these things. Kweku, it's been absolutely phenomenal learning from you, Audrey. Your one word that you would like us to remember. Excuse me, simplicity. Simplicity. Very dear to your heart. Yeah, it, um, it works. Audrey, one word. Listen. Simplicity and listen. I've learned so much. On behalf of the boss, Comfort Okran and Matthew, my name is Albert Okran, and on behalf of the entire faculty, God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you. Good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four. Nine 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 zero zero zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh,